Farming can be an uphill battle. Dan Zettel found that out when starting his apple farm in Michigan. When we told big national retailers that I was only going to start with 1,200 trees and a little 10-acre spot, they literally turned their back and did not even want to discuss fertilizer or any inputs or anything for my orchard. He wasn't deterred, and through hard work and knowledgeable support, Dan's apple orchard is now one of the best in the country. Welcome to Redox Grows. I'm your host, Jim Morris, at Redox Bionutrients in Burley, Idaho. Our country is filled with small business success stories, entrepreneurs who overcame naysayers, took chances, and excelled. You're about to meet one such success story and learn how he did it. I'm excited to be speaking with Dan Zettel, who joins remotely from West Branch, Michigan. And Dan, let's start a bit with your background. You have two distinct jobs. Please explain. Well, Jim, I'm a, first and foremost grew up on a big dairy farm, so I'm a farmer at heart. But then I also went off to college and became a dentist. Um, graduated from the University of Michigan, then came back and uh, pursued both a dental career and a, uh, a farming career. So what does an average workday look like for you? Back to that dairy farm background, both my grandparents on both sides were dairy farmers, so I grew up with my uncle uh, working on their farm from the time I was four until I was 18, so we start early and we end late, and uh, usually seven days a week has been the norm for the past 35, 40 years. I have been to several dairies, and that is one thing that's rather amazing, and, and I think it's true for many other farms, but with a dairy, the cows don't take Thanksgiving or Christmas or any of the holidays off, and I imagine when you have a farm and you're running it often, you're doing a lot of the labor, uh, so you need to work whatever day, whatever time of day. I mean, it's not really far from a nine to five, right? Right. My family's a big part of it. My wife is also a dentist, and then I have, we have four kids, so Three, uh, three boys and the youngest is a girl, and uh, they're all very active and doing stuff at the farm uh, pretty much every day. Helps with the work ethic, right, when they're out there working in the fields as opposed to some of the other options people have these days? That's one thing I learned from working with farmers and working with the farm community is, you know, they're hardworking people. And if we got our hay done and we saw the neighbors was going to get their hay rained on, my uncle would say, quick, jump in the tractor, take the chopper and go help them. So, you know, that was when you're done with your work, there was always somebody who needed a hand. So it was great to teach the kids those values. That sense of community is really as impressive in agriculture. Farming and dentistry on the surface are rather different, but maybe there are some common threads as well. How are they in common and how are they different? It's about balance, and I've never quite figured it out yet, but I love to learn. I think that's one of the things I like to help people. So at the office, I'm inundated with questions all day long, and it's it's a very busy place. So we have a very busy practice. We have a great staff. So dentistry forced me to learn new things all the time, and I love to learn. Now, don't confuse that with I don't sit still well, so I don't like school as, as per se. I didn't wake up and say, oh, great, I get to sit in a lecture hall for you know eight hours. But I think agriculture has been a lot of fun, too, because I love the learning. Um, I can't say enough about when we started into this apple business and started going from crop farms and 50 head of beef cattle, which we still maintain at the farm. Again, I'm not one to sit still well, so if you put me in a lecture hall for a long time, I'm the fidgety one in the back. So I have to ask you one dentistry question before we get into the farm aspect. 
I'm one of those that gets a little nervous when I'm in the dentist chair. Do you have a phrase or some way that you calm people down when they're in that situation? Yeah, I think when they ask, you know, they say, geez, doc, I'm really nervous. I say, yeah, you know what? Me too. I've always wanted to do one of these. I think it kind of disarms the whole situation and my assistant's crazy. So uh, she does a great job calming people down. And we have worked for uh, 26 years in this community providing dental uh, services. And I think that most people are afraid of the dentist. And I think they should be because what we do is kind of scary sometimes. So we're very good at calming people down. We're very good at what we do. And I have a great team that just lets me do dentistry. I think that's the big thing is just understand that you have competent people that want to help you. So we're there to make things better. And uh, most of the time people come in and they're in pain. And when they leave and they're not in pain, we've done our job. So it's, it's a good feeling when you can help somebody out. And now looking at the farm, tell me about your apples and your orchard. What varieties do you have? What type of trees? Uh, I think that you had special blight resistant trees put in. Tell me a little bit about that. I wouldn't be where I am today without the help of a guy named Bill Pitts. Bill's a great guy. He uh, kind of helped uh, figure out some things with my sand hill out here on the farm. And all the neighbors laughed at me because I have a very, uh, very sandy, loamy soil here. And we have mostly rocks. So I said, I have sand and rocks. So Bill Pitts was able to kind of help design my orchard. So he came up with a couple things. He said, Dan, if you're used to baling hay and picking rocks, you're going to like picking apples because they're not on the ground and they taste a lot better. So with that, we planted 1,200 trees back in, I think, 2015. We did another 1,200 trees, and then we did 2,500 trees, and then we did 5,000 trees. So it was, uh, you know, just learning how to do this, learning how to build the trellises, put in the irrigation. Uh, we had to put up a deer fence before we even put in our first trees, and uh, irrigation definitely went in as the trees went in the ground. So just a big part of the learning curve. So we basically have about uh, seven varieties out there. Um, but the bulk of the orchard is Honeycrisp, and we're growing those on a, I think a B9 rootstock is uh, the one that Bill really kind of thought would do the best in my soil. So we've tried some G11s, we've tried some G41s, but um, mostly Honeycrisp and mostly uh, B9 rootstocks. So those have really helped in my sandy soil. It's really interesting, the, the, the components that we needed and uh, finding the right nutritional plan because when we did soil samples we found out we were basically farming beach sand out here. We had very low humus, we had very low everything. The early apples we have that will come up this month will be, we have a few rows of uh, Macintosh, uh, we have Ginger Golds, Jana Golds, some uh, Autumn Crisp which is a neat Honey Crisp blend and then uh, again uh, we have some Ever Crisp out there which is a Fuji crust with a Honey Crisp which we really like that. That's a late apple for us but Boy, do they store great. I mean, we love picking those, but we pick those and then like two days later, it seems to snow on us. So they're late for this climate. Apples are a ubiquitous fruit and they're in lunch boxes and consumed all over the world. Why are they so popular? It's interesting. When we grew up, all my uncles, they're in their 90s, the ones that are surviving, they all had apple trees. And my dad was a big apple fan. I mean, he would make us go to the local orchards and we'd pick up all the drops. We'd stand in a loader bucket on a ladder and try to get the apples out of the top of the tree that inevitably had a crow peck in them. So I think our love for apples were just something that was great. It was nutritious and uh, they were plentiful, but all those old orchards around here have not been maintained and they're, they're no longer around. So, you know, I looked around our farm and we only had a few apple trees left. So I thought, geez, you know, maybe we should put in some apples and, uh, Bill Pitts turned me onto this tall spindle apple tree business, which was totally new to me, and I had no clue. And he's like, Dan, you pick, prune, and spray all from the ground. 
And I'm like, no climbing in loader buckets with ladders anymore? And he says, no, we don't do that. Another key to your success, I believe, is you're working with Eric Massey here at Redox. And how has Redox helped your Apple production? I wouldn't be in the Apple business today without uh, the help from Redox and Eric Massey. We struggled to grow even oats on my sand hill that would get six inches tall and my Amish buddies would laugh at me. So uh, my accountant told me, hey, Dan, if you want to stay out at the farm, you're going to have to find a sustainable crop. And with Bill Pitts trying to explain to me that apples do well on sandy, rocky soil, I wanted a perennial crop that I didn't have to keep working up more rocks every year because I knew eventually the kids would graduate and leave and I'd lose my rock picking force. So uh, without Redox, Eric came out and told me, he says, Dan, you can grow great apples on this. And he flew in from a different state at the time. He wasn't even living in Michigan. I'm like, this guy flew out to see a guy with 10 acres of apples. And I'm like, some of my buddies now in Grand Rapids have, you know, 270 acres, but Eric didn't care. He just showed up and we did soil samples and we did leaf tests and he dialed in a recipe that, you know, I was too ignorant to know any better and he just helped me through the process. And uh, without the Redox formula, without the Redox products, I can tell you I would not have any fruit out here on this farm and I would not be excited about doing apples if if Redox wasn't my go-to guy for all the dumb questions I've asked him over the years. We are growing a great product up here. Um, our Honeycrisp pack out beautifully, and we have some of the best color, I think, in the, in the Honeycrisp industry. And again, without Redox, uh, I wouldn't be doing any of this. With all the other things I have going on, I have to count on very, very good people in their field. And I've been fortunate to have Eric Massey, you know, helping me a ton. Uh, Ron Reister, Reister's Grower Services, you know, those guys have, you know, basically pointed me in the right direction. And then Nick and Willie Schweitzer, I mean, those are great farmers down in the Grand Rapids area, fifth generation apple farmers. And, you know, at, at 1030 last night, Nick sent me pictures of his apples. So that ability for them to just embrace an outsider to the apple community and say, hey, let me help you out. And uh, you, you just don't always see that. So that's the thing I really love. You know, I always tell the kids, if I go to an apple meeting, I'm three hours away and there's an ice storm, I guarantee I won't be sleeping in a motel. I would be at one of these guys' houses. And if you ever have a flat tire, there's going to be a fist fight over who gets to help you change your tire, you know. So they're all good people and uh, I couldn't be surrounded by better people. And without them, you know, I wouldn't be doing any of this stuff. That's so great to hear. And tell me a little bit about Harvest. Michigan, first of all, is, I believe, the third uh, biggest apple producer in the U.S., more than a billion pounds a year. So what does Harvest look like, and is that very much a family affair for you? It's always fun. I mean, uh, Bill had told me originally, he goes, Dan, you know, you harvest in the fall. It's sweatshirt weather. It's beautiful out there. The kids, uh, Adam, Aaron, Alec, Adrian, they all jump in and help. But we have 80-year-old farmers that come from Clare, Michigan, and dr- drive up at 7 o'clock in the morning just to help pick apples. It's crazy. So we have retired state troopers that come out here and help. We've got a couple school teachers that come and help. We've got a, a mechanical uh, engineer, some electricians, uh, just a whole diverse group. And the one thing that we all have in common is that we love the fall. We love picking apples. And I tell them, look, there's nothing better than biting into a great, fresh honey crisp apple and uh it's just fun so i again our average age of our picking crew ranges from you know 10 year olds all the way to 85 year olds they just show up year after year and say hey when do we start picking so it's kind of fun a lot of different apples to choose from honey crisp tell me the characteristics of that variety 
We have a unique microclimate that I'm learning about. So with the Redox program and the die cap and the different products we're using, we are pulling color on these Honeycrisp apples like I've never seen. So we get dark, dark red apples. But for instance, this morning, it was 47 degrees here. So I am in the middle of the state. I'm well away from the Great Lakes. I am uh, on a very, very high hill, probably the highest point in Edwards Township. And uh, it's an amazing view out here, but the cold nights really set off the color. So my Honeycrisp tastes the same as everybody else's, but ours just come up with this crazy red color. And my buddies tell me, Dan, Honeycrisp are a bicolored fruit. Where do you get this red stuff from? So I think it's the Redox program. I think it's the microclimate. I think the sandy, rocky hill I live on. But ultimately, I think the really cold nights up here really help boost that color. So it's fun. I mean, Honeycrisp is just, it cracks open. Uh, you can break them in half with your hand. And uh, it's just a fun apple to grow. A little finicky, needs lots of calcium. And without that mainstay calcium that these guys have me foliar applying, uh, I wouldn't have them. I mean, I have not seen hardly any bitter pit and that's one of the main problems with growing Honeycrisp. But uh, Eric has got me on a program where I'm applying, you know, tons of mainstay calcium, and it's foliar applied, and it's balancing nicely. Uh, and I don't, I don't know. I see a lot of bitter pit in a lot of orchards, and I just don't see it. And I ask people, "What is bitter pit?" And they, they kind of look, look at me with a strange face, and I'm like. I don't see it because my guy's got this recipe dialed in and I'm just the guy following the recipe. Where can we find your fruit? Locally, we sell some here at the farm. Uh, with the uh, pandemic, everything's been shut down for a couple of years. So we took on a big construction project here at the farm. We sell them locally at the uh, West Branch Rec Center, which is a spot where people can pick them up. It's just more convenient when we're out here in the middle of the orchard trying to pick apples and somebody wants to come buy two pounds. That's tricky for us to manage, but we hope to come back and do some more open houses on the farm here shortly once we get some of the construction finished on our new cidery and stuff we're building. But we also sell them through River Ridge. River Ridge buys 98% of my apples. They distribute them across the state through uh, any grocery stores that you see uh, River Ridge on. They also send them outside the United States and they sell them all over the United States. So we're USDA inspected and uh, wherever Ridge, River Ridge sells uh, produce, uh, that's where our apples go. You mentioned the rec center, and your family has been reaching out and helping the community in many different ways. Can you talk a little bit about that uh, rec center that you helped? Uh, I, I guess you established it, right? I, for years, struggled with the fact that there was nothing for the kids to do here. There was no community center, and there's been multiple attempts in the past, I guess, to try to build one. And uh, through a manufacturing process, we were able to... Uh, have the opportunity to build something and uh, we have a few patents in production um, that I own and uh, we took some of the money from uh, the royalty money from those and were able to purchase a large abandoned building from the local hospital and uh, it used to be a tennis barn they turned it into a record storage facility but the struggle was I work with people that are in uh, the judicial system law enforcement and a lot of kids were getting into trouble because between 2 30 and 6 when parents are working there was nothing for them to do so we're able to establish a 22,000 square foot uh, rec center. It hosts volleyball tournaments all winter. There's tons of uh, youth basketball goes on in there, volleyball, and we have pickleball courts for uh, anybody. And there's a, a mezzanine, a gym, and uh, it's just a it's a neat place to be. We get a lot of very inclement weather up here, and uh, the kids need somewhere to go. So after school, the buses drop kids off. I think it's a safe, fun, uh, you know, state-of-the-art facility. 
Uh, we refurbished a very old building, but everything is uh, beautiful. I mean, it's insulated. Uh, it's got air conditioning. It's got a $13,000 uh, humidifier that keeps the floors from moving. And uh, we got a great staff up there. So uh, it's just something that I thought that, you know, hey, if kids have a place to go, they sit in the desk all day. It's just nice to have that climate-controlled environment and uh, a fun place for uh, people and families to, to get some exercise. If we all... Uh reached out and helped each other a little more, I think our world would be a much better place. So awesome that you did that. For a non-farmer, how can you describe to someone the sense of perhaps satisfaction you have when you're at the end of harvest and you pick up an apple that you grew and you bite into it and it's a wonderful experience? What, how does that make you feel? For me, it's like the first day of hunting season or the first day of a, of a, a vacation. I mean, I wake up and I'm excited on the days that my feet hit the ground because it's a good day. But when you can sit on the tailgate of a pickup truck, which I used to do with my uncle when I was a kid, and look over an 80 acre field and see the crops and uh, bite into a great apple, or when I drive down to River Ridge and I pull in with my truck and we're unloading the apples, it, it's just you know a neat thing. And uh, the guys say, you know, Dan, you bring us these great Honeycrisp apples, and uh, the whole chain is just really good people. So the reward or the satisfaction of a job well done is evident when you toss somebody an apple and they bite into it and you just see their face light up and like you grew that so again a couple of the guys who come out here and pick they are not at all related to agriculture but they just love apples so i would say to anybody you know apples are a great product um, i think they're fun to grow and i just love seeing the smiles on somebody's face when they can actually bite into a great apple that you know you know everything that went into it you have a tight-knit community, a lot of farmers, so they know what you do, and agriculture is not very surprising. But when you're in a different social setting and uh, someone asks you what you do and you mention your two jobs, what kind of responses do you usually get? Jim, when I'm at a dental meeting, people start to know that I'm a, I'm a, also an apple farmer, and the conversation immediately goes to, hey, Dan, Doc, how are the apples? So it's a, it's a crazy great response, and uh, Nobody asks me about teeth anymore. They all ask me about apples. So they're like, hey, how's the crop looking? So all of my patients this time of year are just like, hey, how is the crop? How are the apples? Did the hailstorm hit you? So yeah, apples are a, an interesting conversation no matter where I go. Is health kind of at the core of what you do? If I, if I think a little bit for, you know, obviously healthy teeth that's and gums, that's very important. You're growing healthy fruit. You also did the big uh, contribution to the community with the rec center for physical health. So how important is health in your DNA, if you will? So health has always been an important thing for me and my family. So I look at some of my uncles that are in their 90s, 96 years old, and uh, they have lived very hard, I mean, hard laborious work. So health has always been something that I've been very concerned with. The hours that we work, the time that we put in makes it challenging. But dentistry is interesting because we also believe having a healthy mouth. But I think that the exercise we get working at the farm is great. I think the sunlight we get is great. I think just seeing the production, uh, take a field and it has nothing but dirt in and you know, three months later you're harvesting oats on it. So I think knowing every product that goes into my apples and knowing my kids, my wife, my family, my friends are out there working in the orchard, I think that's a huge factor. I mean, I study a lot about um, drugs and medications in my, in my day job, if you will, and I study tons about all the products I'm putting out there that my kids and my family are exposed to. So I think environmentally, I wanna have a very sound environmental practice in my dental office, and I have a very sound environmental practices out at my farm. So we really wanna have a 200-year preservation thing out here at the farm where the farm is really self-sustaining. 
and it promotes health. If you're carrying apple bags all day and the amount of miles we walk doing drip line and managing 32,000 foot of drip line and it's just good to be outside. I watch very little television and I think the health benefits are are enormous. So when I have a tough day at the office, I've seen hundreds of patients throughout my week. I love getting on my mower and just jumping on and going through the orchard. And that's that balance. It lets me see nature. It lets me see what trees are growing good and what trees need a little tweak and what trees are. It just helps me calm down when I'm outside. And uh, I love helping patients at the office, but I love the balance of just being out in the orchard with 10,000 apple trees. That will wrap up this episode. We appreciate Dan Zettel for visiting with us and sharing his fascinating story. You can find out much more at BredoxGrows.com. Thanks for listening.